I said, I know there's more of you out there that have like chronic illnesses or stuff like that. This is what I mean. Lily, <laughs> take that would be me. Okay. everyone and welcome to the problems we face podcast my name is bd and today i am joined by the lovely <laughs> hi guys i'm lily sheps <laughs> okay well just in advance like this is not gonna be a formal episode lily and i are not very serious people and we just don't we just are not very put together but it's fine yes i i'm gonna apologize on both of our behalves for the sarcastic sense of just yes, please don't expect anything too much from this because but i think this is gonna be a good episode we'll get into it but lily's really gonna we're really gonna share some stuff and i'm gonna go back to a point i said previously but we'll get into that um okay before we do that tell us a little about yourself lily oh gosh okay so my name is lily we already said that Good job. Good but, um, I go to Bryn Mawr. I came in ninth grade, and that's when I met Beatty. Mm-hmm. I play lacrosse and field hockey. I am an avid milk drinker. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like to read. So that's that's about that's summing up my life. Okay, so. perfect. So let's talk a little bit about just the beginning of our friendship. It doesn't really have anything to do with it. Actually, it sort of does. Kind of but does. basically, we just... We met in ninth grade when we had mutual friends. We had some yeah. classes together, but I don't think we really talked until Besides we had like a group free projects with Ava. We did have a free freshman year, spring semester. We got really close then, I'd actually mm-hmm. say. So that was probably the beginning of our friendship. Yep. Edie and I <laughs> and then it bonded all very, downhill. very quickly. That's like, true. Because, okay, diving right into it. <laughs> I don't know if you guys listened to the second one with Kala, but at some point in that episode, I said, I know there's more of you out there that have like chronic illnesses or stuff like that. This is what I mean. Lily, <laughs> take That it would be me. Okay. So yeah, so I have IBD and I took a very different approach to my disease than I'd say BD did. Yeah. Wait, so. first for the people who don't know, tell us what IBD is. Okay. Like- so IBD is like not IBS. It's a different form, but it basically means that my immune system attacks itself when it's like it thinks I'm sick all the time Mm -hmm. when I'm not actually sick so it's fighting off diseases that aren't actually there which damages my immune system and then and IBD stands for inflammatory bowel disease Mm -hmm. so yeah obviously the name very misleading (laughs) that's why I feel like mine too like I don't think it like I've said, I don't think it sums up the, like, experiences I've had. Yeah, they're like, life. oh, so you shit yourself? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually a chronic illness. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah. I obviously, I didn't know this about Lily until there was a night where, so I, I don't know. I forget what I've said. I'm sorry, people, but <laughs> I used to give myself shots every week, and so I would always put it off until, like, the end of the week because, I don't know, I just didn't want to do to it. give themselves a shot. Yeah, so we were going to go out to like an event or party party, or something on a Friday night and um, it was like me, Lily, and some other people and I had to give myself a shot and I don't know where the other people were. It was just me, Lily, and my dad who was giving me a (laughs) shot because I refused to do it myself. I wouldn't be Um, able to. And that is when I found out that Lily had (laughs) my 
CPD and had to walk away from the shop because she could not look at it. <laughs> oh, yes. So my fear of needles obviously did not help me mm-hmm. by any means. But yeah, that was kind of the first time. Honestly, the first time I had opened up to anyone about mm-hmm. my disease, let alone like had a full blown conversation <laughs> that took a turn on a Friday night before we went out. But yeah, BD was the first person that I felt I yeah. could relate to, so therefore I felt more comfortable mm-hmm. opening up about it. But guys, I'm just a that, relatable person. <laughs> Come mean, to me with all. We really needs. like to bond over our chronic illnesses because that's fun. I just like to bond with people's problems. It's Friday night activity. Happy Friday! I'll get some methotrexate in my body, <laughs> and then we can pump it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned earlier how like we took very different approaches, and that's why everyone I think. This is going to be so interesting because how many of you knew that she had a chronic illness? I can tell you zero because I don't tell anyone. Yeah, so I was diagnosed in second grade. And my approach was basically to pretend it didn't exist. So feel that because what better way to combat a problem than to pretend it just doesn't exist? Mm -hmm. So yes, I kind of kept it behind closed doors. Obviously, it affected my life very greatly, but I didn't want others to see that. So what they don't know can't hurt them. Mm-hmm. I'd rather just, you know. Suffer in silence. Kind of suffer in, yeah. And maybe that's just psychoanalyzing myself and realizing that I don't like to put my problems <laughs> on other people. So I just Can't keep it to myself and then hope that they just go away. I yeah. usually take that approach to life, which <laughs> I'm not sure if that's on. great or not. But um, yeah. And yeah. I think that the difference is like, you didn't have, like we talked about this in the car, but you didn't look like you were sick. And so yes. you didn't have to like explain yourself. Exactly. Whereas for me, it was like, okay, well, you're either going to assume something or I'm going to tell you the truth. Let the rumors fly or just address them proactively for Mm -hmm. sure. I think because there was nothing physically different about myself, no one knew anything. Therefore... I didn't have to explain myself to anyone and mm-hmm. I'd rather just not. Especially when I was younger, obviously I was the farthest thing from mature. So <laughs> Yeah. Second I'm grade not- and like seventh grade diagnosis <laughs> is very Yes. Different. I don't even know if I fully understood what was wrong with me. So how could I come up with the words to explain to other people what was wrong with me? And I just didn't at the time see any benefit to Yeah. I think I was like people. that for a little bit in the beginning of mine. And then I I just realized there was no other option. It's, it's like a different like, route. For you, like, you don't show any anything. So it's like, oh, by the way, I actually have an immune system that attacks itself. I yes. used to tell I really like oh, that exactly. um, ex- explanation. But, like, for me, the conversation wasn't as forced because, oh, you see me limping? See, that's this because. Yes, exactly. No, for sure. It was always just completely out of left field Yeah. F- for the few people I told. They'd be like, what? <laughs> or they'd, like, see me taking my medicine every day and be like, Lily, what? What's yeah. that for? Or it's like... Is it like uh, a pill? What do you- yeah, so I'm on two medications. I guess I can tell them. <laughs> so I'm on vancomycin and azathioprine. Um, try and spell that one. You can't. $100 to anyone who's... <laughs> yeah, literally. My life savings. I've been taking those since I was initially diagnosed however many years ago. And the dosages have gone down, which is good. Eventually, I might not have to take medication anymore, but I, I'm constantly being monitored because they don't mm. want me to flare up and then it actually 
actually significantly affect my life. Right. So, I don't yeah. know. I it's kind of at bay right now. My so. similar, like, experiences. I'm also on, I'm also on medication, <laughs> just like you. Thank God it's not shots anymore. I don't think I'd be able to oh, handle that. I would that. not be able to. But, yeah, I will be much, it's either, like, you stay on them and you're safe on them for mm-hmm. however long, or it's, like, you're going off of them and you're risking a flare-up. Exactly. And maybe later in my life, like, you can't be on meds to, like, have kids or, like, whatever. But that's... Can you talk talk a little bit about, like, how you got diagnosed? Because you mentioned, obviously, it's very different. Yes. So, second grade... This is this is gonna be such a fun story to tell. Wow! We'll just have you people listening. Okay, before we we'll <laughs> preface, preface we'll preface this by talking about the stigma with IBD because I feel like with arthritis it seems embar- I I think personally like it feels embarrassing, but also it's not it's nothing in comparison. <laughs> with that, talk about the stigma and IBD yeah. and then your diagnosing experience. Yeah. Okay. So um, where to start? <laughs> So I did, I had said earlier in this, wow, I'm really opening all my (laughs) demons up right now. I had said that IBD is more than just like, oh, wow, like you shit yourself. So in second grade, I did in school. (laughs) This is literally, wow, I'm sorry to all of you listening. But in second grade, like I did, I Mm -hmm. shit myself in school. And I don't know, I just had constant stomach issues. I had been tested for a number of allergies. I was not allergic to anything. And so they were like, what's up? Why Yeah, is your stomach acting up? Why are you feeling sick all the time? Why can you not make it through a school day without feeling significantly ill? So obviously I went to a number of doctors. They ran a number of tests. Eventually I was diagnosed with IBD and I was pretty young. Usually people don't get diagnosed that early. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a special case. Um, But obviously me being in second grade, I didn't understand why I had to go to the doctor all the time. Yeah. I didn't understand like why they were running all these tests, why I was trying all these different medicines. So I think it was hard for me because I was in second grade. I just wanted to be going to school and like playing on the playground. And I don't know, I had started at Roland Park. (laughs) Throwback. And so I was like, I need to make friends. I need to be normal. Mm -hmm. But it was also a whole issue, I guess, that no one was really aware of. So, yeah, I was diagnosed. It was really bad for the course of elementary school, like illness-wise. I was a Mm -hmm. lot more physically ill. I was a lot more physically affected than I am now. Yeah. So I think that was hard because, obviously, you're young. You don't really know how to deal with that. Um, And I don't know. Who wants to admit that they're sick? Yeah, like a 10-year-old <laughs> girl not even able to comprehend what's going on. So it yeah. was definitely It's also hard because, like, with chronic... I'm sure it's, like, for different diseases, too, but personally, I can only relate to having a chronic illness. <laughs> but, like, you know that your system is attacking itself and there's nothing that you can do about it and there's, like, no way yes. that you can fix it. But to the outside, it feels like... Like, little children... <laughs> <laughs> All the time, you know? Like, oh, Lily, that's an issue. No, no, that's, like, a real disease Yeah, that people are unaware of. It's just discouraging, I think, with Mm -hmm. chronic illnesses, knowing that they can't fully be cured. Mm -hmm. Like, going to the doctor and you just hear everything that's wrong with you. 
and yeah. you or are like they can't figure not, out what is wrong with yes, you. Yes, and how it's not going to completely be resolved. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, <laughs> so it's just kind of coming to terms with it and getting your illness to the best point that it can be rather than oh, one day you won't be sick anymore. Yeah. That's not even a thing. <laughs> so wish it was if anybody oh, wants to make a cure like i'm hit down me up. <laughs> like i'll fundraise for you <laughs> yeah so i'd say that's another that was a hard pill to swallow again being mm-hmm. so young yeah you're in fifth grade and you're hearing you're going to be sick for the rest of your life yeah like, you're going to be oh, on medicine merry this. christmas to me <laughs> like yeah happy birthday <laughs> great <laughs> i i don't know where i'm going to college but i know that i'm going to be sick for the rest yeah. of my life it's very daunting and Extremely. like the fact that I went from I lived more of my life like without my disease Mm -hmm. than you did (laughs) I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing (laughs) but like hearing that I was completely like independent my system and I didn't rely on anything and now like essentially I'm relying on medicine to keep me mobile like if I go off my medicine there's a very good chance that I would like be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life or even worse. Yeah, you had a very drastic change. You yeah. went from zero to a hundred. Very that was very cliche. <laughs> Mine was Real more quick. gradually. Yeah. It was a roller coaster. It became better, it became worse. Sometimes I well, I never forgot that I was sick, but I wasn't affected, so it wasn't yeah. on my mind. And then sometimes it was really bad and I obviously that was at the forefront of mm-hmm. all my issues. So. I used to forget I was sick. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Well, because like You can pretend. I spent my life for, like, 13 years. You get up, you get a glass of water. And, okay, the biggest thing was when I first got sick, I was, like, literally sleeping for 20 hours a day. We didn't need to talk about that part. Um, <laughs> but I was in pain, and so before my mom went to work, she left, like, an Advil bottle next to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, cool, medicine. Thanks. And then she left, and maybe five minutes later, I was like, okay, time to open this. And I couldn't. And I was like, oh, forgot about that. <laughs> shoot forgot that that was an issue now yeah so it's like i had to adjust my life and i think you did too to an extent for sure it chronic illness affects you obviously in the ways that you would think it would Mm -hmm. but it also has unexpected side effects also i'd just say this is kind of off topic but like juggling all the other issues that every other teenager is dealing with yeah those don't just disappear because you're sick yeah so it's it's just like going through your teenage years dealing with mm-hmm. the BS that everyone puts up with and then dealing with your own issues at the same time. Um, yeah, which I feel like, like, obviously everyone goes through their own things and, like, that all adds up also. But just, like, health being in question is, it's just, like, some, it's, like, another la- layer of scary. But again, like, I haven't been, been through, like, my, that's, I don't know how to phrase this right, but, like, health has been the majority of my problems for yes. the past couple of years, so that's been consuming my life. Well, it's also just, like, how do you, when your health is in concern, how can any other issue compare to that? Mm-hmm. That's always going to be at the forefront of, mm-hmm. like, your worries. That's always going to be most important, so it's, like, how can you focus on your math test at the end of the week or getting your homework done when it's like I had such a problem with that yeah that's why literally before I got my hip replaced I would be like something about doing schoolwork and like past dark just 
doesn't I just don't. But like oh, I'm asleep. sitting yeah. <laughs> sitting at my desk for a couple hours after school and then it would hit p- 8 p.m. and I'd be like, "All right, that's enough for today." Yeah. Because sitting like it's it was a lot of work. Like, yeah. 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 And I, I think also I just like to say we're both very lucky that literally like other than taking I don't know if this is speaking for you, but other than taking medicine right now my illness yes. does not affect my life in any way shape or form. Like of course my like I'm consistently thinking about it and like sports <laughs> lol <laughs> we didn't even get into that but i will be able to go back to a totally normal lifestyle and yeah. like i should be able to live the way that people my age do and the way that people as i grew up do yes. and i'm very lucky for that so yeah, yeah and that's why i guess my definition of normal, you know, because... My definition has always been skewed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone has their own definition and that's getting into something completely different, but Mm -hmm. some some state of normalcy, which not everyone who has a chronic illness can relate to. So I think in that sense, we're both very, very grateful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But then also one of the biggest things that I like have learned is like just because, and I've definitely said this in other ones, but like just because my problems are like possibly inferior to yours has like nothing to do with it. Like everything, something else is always going to be worse. And that doesn't invalidate invalidate your own problems. And I think that's probably where a lot of the stigma comes Mm -hmm. into play in all aspects of your life. It's like, you don't want to say anything because someone could always be going through something worse or Mm -hmm. someone won't understand or you'll get a reaction that's like very ignorant or people are oblivious and you can't blame them. But then it's like, why would you why would you even bring it up? Maybe that's just me. But I'm like, I right, will just, we'll just ignore that. We'll just ignore that. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally feel that. I remember when I first, there was like, someone was on crutches in my English class that I went to. I'm sorry for laughing. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh, I laugh when people fall. It's a really big problem. <laughs> it's just how I But cope. like, I just think, I think I get uncomfortable when I start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. someone was on crutches and a it's teacher... It's not funny. It's really It's not really not funny. funny. And a teacher wa- walked in <laughs> and she, he was like, hey, disa- like, where's the disabled kid? And I was sitting there and I was like, oh, ah, you're like, like right me. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it was not. And then he like saw me and he was like, oops. <laughs> Yeah. No, no. First of all, it's okay. Secondly, it's okay. I will say with that though, it's like you do kind of form an alliance. Yeah. As much as you don't want to open up about it, when you find people that can relate to you, Mm -hmm. you have a bond that extends past like a normal friendship. Like as soon as Beatty and I kind of found Mm -hmm. out about each other, yes, of course, we were friends because like we love each other and we're so similar and yeah. we enjoy spending time together but there's like another. knowing you can confide in them mm-hmm. about issues that extend past like typical high school drama yeah is very comforting mm-hmm. and i think that just or even like someone who doesn't like for me at least someone who like isn't like ah like weak <laughs> they're like sucks to be you. like literally you try it <laughs> Like, if you think it's you want to trade places like <laughs> yeah for sure that, that would just annoy. so like when people yeah. and i think that my bar of people being nice about my illness was so low that when people when i was like oh yeah haha like i have this way, yeah people were like oh that's cool that's, like not in a weird like definitely that's something sick. but also they were just like nice about it i was like yeah oh so people are capable of being nice humans. capable of being 
accepting and understanding, I think, and not letting it skew their perception of you. Yeah. And I wouldn't say I'm, I've definitely said this, but I'm not like an emotional person. Like you can make fun of me. Like that's fine. I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) It's funny till it's not. (laughs) Oh, I agree with that. But like, like we can make fun, like we can joke about me together. Yes. But, like, if you're, like, ha, ah, like, that's so weak, like, literally mm-hmm. just do it. Literally but- just don't be sick anymore, BD. It's not even that hard. You know hard. what? I did try that. And it didn't work. <laughs> so- Tried and failed. For sure. I-, I mean, there have been times when I just don't take my medicine. <laughs> and I'm just, like, what would happen? Because you don't initially notice. Mm-hmm. If I forget, forget in air quotes people (laughs) to take my medicine i won't see the side effects of that until weeks down the road really yes (laughs) and then i'll feel like shit and i'll be like well oops you suck lily like yeah see i'm trying to think about when i so i have like an everyday medicine i take twice a day and that one i don't really i don't have any like timers or anything it's just like part of my life (laughs) Do you have a timer? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I don't have a timer. It's just sitting on my dresser and I take yeah. it when I see Oh, I got it. a whole pill drawer. <laughs> oh. When I came back from surgery, I literally had to have like a chart. Cause it, like, like color-coordinated <laughs> type A. <laughs> hey, yeah. it was like 17. Hey, that's however you make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was like seven different medications, like three different times a day. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, so this is like one. And oh, I also yeah. couldn't there was a time. There was a time I was on like six different medicines. Yeah. But also it's like when, when my illness was really bad was when I was younger. So my parents Par- yeah. were responsible for a lot of that. And they were telling me, Lil, take your medicine. Mm-hmm. Lil, here's your medicine. Take this. That was when it was in liquid form, pill form, like all these different things. Yeah. So I get it. But as you grow older, you're you're yeah. completely in control. Yeah. Thank God I don't take a lot of medicines anymore. But yeah, anyway, I, don't, I, don't um, I take do the one once a week. And sometimes I'll, fr- like, once a week, that mm-hmm. it's just hard to remember sometimes. Exactly. And I know that I will have stopped or like I can how I remember that I didn't take it is the joint in my right thumb hurts and I'm like oh BD like what'd you forget there and then I go ahead and swallow eight pills yep so, um, and then yeah. you remember I think it's funny that sure. I literally had I have like this vivid memory of me being able to not or not being able to swallow like one of those baby Advil mm-hmm. and suddenly I'm like Friday morning 13 down the thank goodness I never had an issue with pills or I would have been screwed because there were many pills and they were very, very big. But I prefer that over the copper tasting iron supplements that I had to take because they thought I had other issues on top. See, that's a perfect segue into (laughs) our colonoscopy endoscopy experiences because that is... So I was also anemic, which is iron deficiency. So do you do take um, iron like pills or like I got it in infusion form. So I'd have to go to the infusion lab at Johns Hopkins and sit there for three hours while they infuse iron into oh, you. Well, now you're making my oh no bad tasting copper oh, liquid. But I had those look two. inferior. <laughs> I got a I got a syringe without a needle to put it straight oh. down my throat yeah. because I oh yeah. Wow, bonding. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they thought I was anemic too, for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's the reason I got my endoscopy colonoscopy because I. Yeah. Oh anyways. no, I I was scoped. I've been scoped three times. 
Oh. Um, I, that becomes a regular thing. I get them every two years and it's really? so fun not eating for 36 that hours. was so, my parents literally ordered burgers and fries to our hotel Dude, room when I wasn't eating. I, it was like Thanksgiving the night before I was <laughs> scarfing down food, um, knowing that I wasn't going to be able to eat for the next 36 hours. Um, not only that, not eating, not drinking anything except clear liquids, which mm-hmm. so maybe my picky um, taste and my hatred of soda yeah. and basically everything except water and milk. <laughs> oh and I couldn't drink milk. So that was another issue. You were you were taking laxatives. Yeah. That's I'm sorry if that's a TMI, but nothing's a TMI. It's on fine. Here. Everybody when they hit fifty, they have to get a yeah, colonoscopy. Exactly. So so we're just like giving you a little um, we're just ahead foreshadowing of the game. to your life. But um yeah, so you're taking these laxatives, you're taking other medicine to make sure that your mm-hmm. stomach is completely wiped. But I think that I, like, literally have an aversion to some flavors of Gatorade now because of... Oh, the lemonade in in a can? Mm -hmm. PTSD. I I physically cannot drink that without wanting to vomit because that is all I would drink. Mm -hmm. So I could take my medicine. So, yeah, those were were bad times because, obviously, all you're thinking about as you're not eating and you're not drinking is, wow, like, my illness fucking sucks. Yeah. Like... And also, like, what are, like, it's always unknown. Like, what are they going to find? Exactly. Like, not only is the prep, that sucks, Mm -hmm. but the actual procedure itself and going into the hospital, getting the IVs and not knowing if they're going to find an issue is scary. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, colonoscopies are definitely... An unenjoyable experience. Not only that, but times when your illness seems to take over your life. (laughs) And it's kind of the end-all be-all. Because yeah. you're like, oh, well, my best friends aren't getting colonoscopies done. Hey, guys. How are you spending your Saturday? Meet up in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, can't hang out tonight. Colonoscopy in the I morning. I think I had Izzy's birthday dinner after the day. The literal night of, I had my colonoscopy in the morning and that night. It was like my first meal and I was like, hey, oh, you went out. Oh, I did not. I just <laughs> cried in my bed and cried in the bathtub and <laughs> cried in my parents' room. <laughs> I feel that. I think, well, the colonoscopy was not like my... I think that wasn't my worst experience in the hospital. And that was the point when I realized that general anesthesia is literally a blessing. Oh, yes. I go to sleep. I don't have to worry about any of the, Mm -hmm. like, problems. And then when I wake up, it's finished. Exactly. Which is why I wasn't scared. Besides the IV. Oh, I... I hate needles, They were like, do you want to put it in? Or, like, you want to put it in after you're under anesthesia? And I said no, because I didn't know where they were going to put it. Oh, I said yes, and they were like, psych, never mind, we're putting it in while you're awake. Because I, I, like, will not have an IV in my hand. Oh, well, that's where mine went, so okay. that was a fun experience. So when's the next time we have to get one? Um, Next year. Hey, guys, everyone, so, party at the party yeah, at the hospital. Rager. For Lily's um, colonoscopy. We can, yeah, we can meet up if you would like. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thankfully, again, I think this is where we differ. I spent a lot of time in doctor's offices and, like, mm-hmm. appointments and checkups, but the colonoscopies are the only time I was ever in the hospital for my disease mm-hmm. actually so yeah. i didn't spend much time in the hospital thank goodness is it just me or did anyone think it was cool when they were younger <laughs> like, the hospital know. band i didn't take that bracelet off for weeks i wore mine for <laughs> freshman snowball <laughs> from michael 
shut up. Shut up. I, like, totally, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> it's just But an then accident. afterwards, I saw it in the pictures, and I was like, oh, did that, like, seem hey. scary? <laughs> was anyone <laughs> else concerned? <laughs> was anyone else concerned? No. Maybe with Never. also the, like, bandage around my <laughs> ankle. Did you? If anybody remembers me from that dance. No, you didn't. You simply did not see hey, me. you weren't even there. I was as not. As far as I'm concerned, you weren't even there. I wasn't even there. <laughs> what was freshman snowball? <laughs> Nothing to be remembered by. Anyways. Okay. How did your, like, growing up and, like, maturing affect how you viewed your disease and, like, how you shared it? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, maturity is a big part of accepting mm-hmm. at least my illness but while I was also getting older my illness was getting better that's not always the case but for me like it too. was like when I was reaching the point where I was finally comfortable telling people and mature enough to kind of tell people correctly mm-hmm. or in a way that they wouldn't judge me or view me differently it became less impactful so yeah. I was kind of like why why would I mention why? it now when it's not an issue you can't see me but I, I definitely you yes. <laughs> exactly and you know I'm very I'm a very outgoing person I'm a very open person there's not much that I won't share which maybe isn't a good thing but <laughs> I feel <laughs> this was something that I was I didn't really share unless it was like with my closest yeah closest friends and even then it's hard because you can't expect them to understand mm-hmm. they I think, yeah. yeah I shared my experience because I kind of felt like I had to but I never actually told people the things that I was like vulnerable about yes like it's, vulnerable situations or like feelings or like yes. mental mentally exactly it was never shared it was just like oh haha by the way i also always introduce it as like psa or like the initials because i hate the like words yeah ibd yeah that's what it is and it's like while i feel like arthritis is more not self-explanatory but widely known Mm -hmm. and people have some connection background with it and understand somebody in your in your family most likely yes exactly meanwhile with ibd it's like what the hell is that like i don't know anything about that Mm-hmm. And then it was me trying to explain it to them in simple terms. And, and not... if you did know it, you knew like every stereotype. Exactly. So it was definitely hard. That was definitely the one thing I struggled with telling people. Mm-hmm. But I, def- I definitely got better at it. I wouldn't say good. <laughs> I still, I mean, that's not going to be my fun fact. But I mean, if it was close, if I was close enough with you, mm-hmm. It's a part of my life. I want to share it with you. I want yeah. you guys to be able to understand. So def- definitely maturing and becoming more accepting of how it affected my life mm-hmm. helped me explain to others. So, And then it was also if they would be smart enough to know what the heck I was talking about. Played a part in it. Oh, yeah, guys, I have PSA with polyarticular (laughs) presentation. And they're like, okay, cool. They're like, sick, moving on. (laughs) Or they just see me take my medicine. They're like, what's that for? And I'm like, oh, no big deal. It's just like my immune system fights itself when it shouldn't be. So if I want to stay healthy, I need to take these pills. (laughs) Then they don't ask any questions. (laughs) Moving on. Yeah, I think it's, I feel like, I don't know. It's just weird telling people things. Yeah, well... It's weird being vulnerable. It's extremely hard to be vulnerable, especially when you know going into it that the other people won't fully understand. Mm-hmm. And you can't expect them to. Yeah. But knowing that beforehand mm-hmm. makes opening up even harder. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's why you have to be careful. Like, I'm open with a lot of people, but there's like, <laughs> there's people, I guess not really, really, maybe now, but I can't hear what people think of this. So it's yeah. different. Um, but like in group situations, I like, I know who I won't like to say yes. anything to. Yes. Meanwhile, I open up to very few people, <laughs> but the people mm-hmm. that do know I yeah. trust with my life. So right. I don't feel that I have to hide this yeah. aspect. Let's be clear just for myself. <laughs> um, I, my, I'm not like, if you ever meet me, I'm not going to like tell you my whole life story. <laughs> Hi, my it name's just... BDI. Um, arthritis. <laughs> no. No, it's just like a little like casual, maybe one one sentence. You'll slip it in there. And then we move on. <laughs> yeah, because you might as well get it out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> to avoid further questions. To avoid yeah, not as much now, I would say, but when I was it like I said, I just had to explain myself. It was either they were gonna think I was dying yes. or Exactly. You would rather shut down the rumors before they started. The rumors were most definitely worse than <laughs> Yeah. What oh for sure. Was actually happening. For sure. And if you could tell by my physical appearance Mm -hmm. that I was sick, I would take that same approach. Yeah. Because you might as well combat all the rumors before (laughs) they start. Um, Especially in toxic times like middle school. (laughs) um, Where... It was a highlight of my life. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, same. Golden, golden years. The wonder years. But um, yeah, I totally get that. But... That just goes to show how how literally the majority of illnesses are invisible illnesses. Yes. Which is why I know that someone <laughs> out Hey, there, you guys out there. I know. I know about you. You know I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know that I know that we know that you know. You're not alone. No. I mean, this isn't like a therapy podcast, but... <laughs> I mean, meant however be, you cope. But it turned out but, that way. Yeah, I mean, it's so much more common than we make it out to be. Social media Mm -hmm. makes it out to be. And I think that we forget that sometimes, but you're not like There's other people out there. And if you can't relate, you have a different problem. Everyone has something. And rather than acting as if problems don't exist, you might as well just be open about them so they don't become so stigmatized. Yeah. That's my two cents. That's you know exactly perfect but i get it like it's it makes people feel weak hey it's hard emotions no i don't do it i don't deal with those yeah uh, this is very bold of lily i'm proud guys (laughs) i don't i i'm so scared (laughs) (laughs) okay moving right into the next question how would you say that your disease and like that stuff has affected your personality like your humor and your like extrovertedness on all other aspects of your life (laughs) so you mean the way i cope with my issues yes so like i said before i'm very extroverted i'm very outgoing i will have a conversation with anyone about anything and (laughs) i will tell you everything about my life um and i except for my ibd and i honestly think that this aspect of my personality stemmed from me not wanting to let it affect me or affect how other people viewed me so i wanted to overcompensate and put every other aspect of my life on full blast so it was kind of in people's face and they couldn't see the problems behind my clothes we're not missing anything else that's yeah really such an open book what is there that we don't know about her well (laughs) see it's funny you ask (laughs) um yes but i definitely think it's a lot easier to joke about my problems than Mm -hmm. 
let them make me upset like leaving the doctor's office it was either i was crying or i was joking with my mom about what the doctor said throwing up peace it's fine word (laughs) everything's okay so the amount of doctors that have looked at me like what the heck is your coping mechanism? When I'm like laughing at them, you're like, they're like, well, you're never really going to get fully better, but right now it's looking pretty good, so keep it up. And I just start laughing. Sick. They're probably confused. This is exactly how I intended but- my life. <laughs> if someone so, would have told me that I would end up like this, I would have. I'd laugh at them. Yeah. So it's just. It makes you a lot happier. It's the bright side in the dark situation. We can also talk about how, like, we both choose to, like, make the best of the situations. Like, I'm a very glass half full kind of gal. I'd agree with Um, that. Wouldn't say I always was. I feel like I definitely had, like, major FOMO in middle school. (laughs) Um, I mean, who didn't? I talked about that with Marina. But now I'm, like, very, like content in where I am. and let's be clear like my life ain't anything extraordinary <laughs> like I like it's yeah it's what you think it is but I'm very happy like I'm very content in my like relationships and like whatever yes. I do and it's I think it's accepting that there's nothing you can do to change it so why would you let it mm-hmm. affect you so much when that there's nothing you can do so yeah. you might as well live your life to the fullest and embrace what you can do Mm-hmm. rather than dwell on the negative aspects. It's so much it's so much easier to just laugh about it. Yeah. Um for us, but in a sense most people are it's way easier to like dwell on everything you don't. Hey, you and like have. and it's people like, cope in their own ways. Yeah. For and sure. I'm not perfect. Like I have my moments where I get get down and like the whole like pity. and then you just play the a star is born soundtrack <laughs> and lay in your room and when it's dark and cry. No. Hey, I get it. I get it. And Inside then, scoop on Lily's coping mechanism. Oh, yes. Let me tell you my coping mechanism. So I laugh. Then, you know, and she's like, nighttime oh. rolls around and I'm like, well, shit sucks. So you pull up a Star is Born sad scene and then you pull up me before you sad scene and then you pull up five feet apart sad scene and then you're just five sobbing. Feet apart. We watched that we, together, we, we saw that together. That we was, cried in the movie That was theater. quite a time. I cry. Movies make me cry the most. They can be comedy movies. Big Daddy cried over that. <laughs> but that's how, like, yeah. I can't cry. Like, I, don't cry. I can cry a lot. Trust me. I can cry a lot. But I cry the easiest when I'm watching movies. So yeah. if I need to cry, I'll just pull up these sad movie scenes and I'll let it all out, which is just as equally important. Yeah. And I just lay and I watch those on my laptop and I just cry. I cry more over movies in my own life. Oh, same. Which is probably- but it's like you're crying subconsciously over your own life, but it's coming out because you're watching sad movie scenes. So, <laughs> I'm not sure if that's healthy or unhealthy coping-wise, but it works. <laughs> it works. So, so, if anyone's looking if for anyone an wants an unhealthy coping mechanism, <laughs> um, I got you. I a star born is the way to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think about what my what my mine is. Izzy Rockwell showed me this song called "Forever and Always" by by Parachute, I believe, and it basically tells this story about this couple where one of them got into a car accident, and it's like in the hospital, and it's like they're watching their significant other die, and it's like they propose in the hospital room, and it's like this, and then oh yeah. Sh- she just passes away and it's so utterly <laughs> upsetting. Yeah. It 
yeah. it ruined it ruined me. That's the saddest song I've ever heard. So that that works too. <laughs> if you want another unhealthy, um, coping I don't mechanism. think I cope with like mute. Well, I I love listening to music, but I like like I don't think I I feel connections to music, but I don't mm-hmm. like connect it to my illness as much. Yeah, no, maybe it's not connecting to my illness, just connecting, just connecting to like to life s- in general. Yeah, like yeah. sadness. I'm trying to think about. I don't know. I think I would honestly. I would like see people run in 2018 and be like, oh. BRB crying. Wish that was me. You wish that was you. You see people running the pacer test and you're like, wow. Don't take it for granted, guys. Don't take it for granted. No, literally, I'd sit in complication and I'd like see someone cross their legs and I'd be like, oh, all right. Sad, sadness is engulfing me currently. Or like, I was talking to someone and I was like, oh yeah, like I can't, or I was talking to my doctor maybe and I was like, oh yeah, I can't even cross my legs and her legs like slowly uncross <laughs> she's like oh i'm so sorry for you <laughs> it's all right girl it's all right um anyways okay we already talked about this a little bit but talk a little bit about how at least for me one of the biggest things that i worry about when i tell people is that their like perception of me is going to change and like they're going to treat me differently yes. and i've definitely had relationships in my life sure. that have been like that so i think the last thing i want again going back to me not wanting to put my problems on anyone else and just pretend like they don't exist is i don't want to be pitied i don't want Mm -hmm. to be treated like like a charity case for (laughs) lack of a better word and i just don't want people to consciously or unconsciously change the way that our friendship dynamic is because of my illness so i think that was part of my fear of telling people was that i almost just assumed that it was a cause and effect relationship that once i told them it our relationship was automatically going to change. Yeah. So. And it sucks because it like totally changes the dynamic. And, for like, sure. You feel like belittled. Yes. And I'm like, oh. You feel inferior yeah. or you feel like, you feel pitied. And. Not a fan. Sometimes people don't realize that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. But it's something I'd like to avoid at all costs. <laughs> so that there's like a difference between me telling you so that you can joke about it and me telling you so, so that, that you're literally like, you can I'm baby so me sorry. yeah yeah like, literally <laughs> so. yeah for sure so that's kind of why i didn't want to tell anyone because mm-hmm. that was my fear for sure and if i wasn't letting it affect my life by myself my fear was that if other people let it like their perception of me change then i would start letting it affect my life Mm -hmm. and i wanted it to have as minimal of an impact on me as possible so i went about that by just not (laughs) not telling anyone i wish we had met sooner i feel like i could have taken a couple tips from you because (sighs) i literally am still learning how to be beady without like an all-consuming disease (laughs) like i was beady and then i was diseased and now i'm like okay and now you're beady with disease how do we match the I'm not sure to be sure. I mean, there's no right answer. Yeah. And honestly, it changes by the day. Yeah. How much or how little it affects you. But for sure, I think that if we could find a balance between the two of us, we'd have like the perfect middle ground. I'm like, I'm going to go to college and not tell anyone. And then the next day, I'm like, hey, stranger. Guess what? (laughs) Hey, so did you know about this time in seventh grade? (laughs) No, I mean, yeah, that's a. That's on giant scars on my leg. So. so when it's physically visible, you yeah. have a bit more Which, explaining to do. I mean, they're kind of cool. Very uneven, but kind of cool all the same. So I guess that's something. Okay, so that's a little bit about Lily's disease. Now, most of you know that. (laughs) 
<laughs> and um, for the ones staying tuned, we have another surprise. Like, and another topic of Lily's, or another problem. That of was Lily's kind of the past. Me. Now we're moving into the future. Moving into the present, quite literally, Lily is moving. Yeah. So, by the way, bye, guys. <laughs> Actually, can we even say I'm moving? No, no one knows. No one knows. Okay, so that has been an emotional roller coaster for you. Coaster for roller sure. Coaster. It's kind of like the college thing. It's like, will you tell people when you go to college? Well, when I move, <laughs> will I? Will I open up? Oh. Will yeah. I address that? Because it's so yeah, much in the past. Yeah, like, exactly. It's like second grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. about how much. Mine I've is changed. literally like seven months. <laughs> and I don't even inter- like I don't even say anything anymore. Yeah, I feel like no, but moving has definitely affected my mental health mm-hmm. a lot more than how IBD affected my physical health, obviously. Right. But yeah, I think it's like again, <laughs> there's a common theme of me not telling anyone and hoping that the problems will just go away. And if I don't make them a problem, then it's not one. So yeah, this is my big reveal to the everyone except the like four friends I have that know. <laughs> um, four friends I have, period. Bye. <laughs> See ya, Baltimore. Yeah, so finding out over quarantine that there was a strong possibility we would be moving was, like you said, a roller coaster mm-hmm. of emotions. It's always kind of like been there though, right? Like yes. we used to talk about it was it was definitely more like fan fantasy wise, I guess. But like it was a dream. Like, oh, um, Lily's just gonna move to Connecticut. We're just gonna move to Connecticut. That had been talk in my family since I was in middle school. We had always wanted to end up there, but it was again, like you said, like a far off possibility rather than now looking like a strong reality. Yeah. And again, it's like, how do you tell people that? Yeah. Like, that's not just like a casual... Yeah. I think... Small talk conversation, by the way, I could be leaving you in the next six months. (laughs) Yeah. Quarantine also, like, really throws a wrench in there, because just because you're not seeing as many people. Yeah. And just, I mean, COVID has so many effects. Mm -hmm. Like, it affects everything. You can't plan ahead. You take it day by day. So who knows? Like, yeah, I could very well be moving. I very well couldn't be. Yeah. Well, actually, we don't. <laughs> Let's not say that. Most likely. But yeah. but it's also, like, my moving from California is, like, what is that? Like, they call them, like, key memories. Or, yes. Like, that's, like, one of my key memories from my childhood. And but also, trauma, it yeah, brought me. <laughs> the tra- it does. It's so it exciting. So it's so dramatic. Yeah. But also, how old were you when you moved here? The, like, third. 12. 12. So, so now I'm 17, going to be 18. For senior year. I'll be starting over in a new school and then picking up and moving again the next year yeah. to go to college. So I'm starting over and then starting over again. And I think it's just me not thinking I'm going to get closure on this chapter of my life. That's mm-hmm. terrifying and upsetting. <laughs> um, yeah. But again, I try and act as if it just doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't Lily exist. is really <laughs> opening up here. Yeah, guys, this is this is a big this is a big step. But yeah, yeah, yeah I mean scary. obviously I cry about it all the time, but <laughs> no one knows. It's also hard, I think, when you have situations where you see yourself being so happy, but you also see yourself being so sad. Mm-hmm. There's and so much potential. It's you know that it's never going to become either completely happy or you're going to be completely sad. Mm-hmm. That's harder to accept, I think, Mm -hmm. because there are so many pros and so many cons. But again, it's like, what do you do? Do you tell everyone? 
<laughs> or do you tell no one? Because Show up you don't on want them to treat six you. months later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way. No, and it's like, there's never a right time yeah. to bring that up. Never a right time to bring up anything. And very true. And it's like, once you do, when the cat's out of the bag, you run the risk of them treating you differently. Yeah. And I don't want people to view my relationship with them as one that has an expiration date on it. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's, it's just like, that's yeah, so I'm moving in that that's um, the, Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just say that's a lot more current. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's like with IBD. Yeah. I was what? 11. Mm-hmm. So it's like, did I even have emotions when I was 11? Do I even have emotions now? I that's did. The, that's it was jealousy. Question. That's all I was. <laughs> and now that's yes. literally not in my book. Exactly. So it's just emotions and problems become so much more complex the more mature you get. And you see so many more sides to all these issues. Yeah. I think that, like, at least for me, my illness made me, like, grow up faster. And then I realized, like, how different... Well, also, it's just, like, a big, like, reality check when you're, mm-hmm. when your doctor's like, oh, like, gonna be on meds for the rest of your life. And yeah. you're like, oh. It just makes all your other, like, yeah. immature problems and, in, like, insignificant. My world seemed so small. Like, so small. Mm-hmm. And now it's, like, and it's the it's same with any problem. Like, yeah. it's a reality check being, like, oh, so this is actually a potential, like, leaving my friends. Yes. And, like, all these things. Well, Exactly. And it's like, I think I've always been more mature. I think we both have. Mm -hmm. But there's something about knowing that there are some problems that extend past the petty drama that we put up with. It's like, okay, yeah, we face our everyday issues. But the overarching theme of I'm gonna be gone soon. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna be starting over having to make new friends having to live in a completely different state um very soon just seems so much more significant that it's like how can you even focus on what we consider our everyday problems yeah so i mean i don't (laughs) i mean i've never been one to deal with problems yeah but i think that in a way has for sure reality reality checked me yeah and been like is this really a big deal in the grand scheme of things or are you just being like annoying (laughs) like i deal with my problems in hindsight it's i like think about something and i'm like oh probably should have dealt with that yeah oh yeah or it's like it's easier to analyze things that happened in the past but when you're experiencing things in the present they seem all-consuming Mm-hmm. And everything seems like the end of the world. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not. It's not at all. It's really not. <laughs> and that's some good advice. <laughs> so take that from so take, my, like, yeah. trauma as I'm, like, telling everyone at school that I will not be graduating with them. <laughs> or, you know, but going to like, senior well, also, week prom. Like, wait, but would it be... Okay, wait. I don't know. You Do you want to say the grade thing on here? Oh, yeah. So, Yeah. I would also be moving and reclassing. So I'd be repeating 11th grade. So it's the little things. It's like... So you'd be there for two years. Yes. Because if I were to board, it's just so much easier and gives you more time to acclimate and whatever. But it's like we get on Zooms for Bryn Mawr and they're like, oh my God, you guys are second semester juniors. Like one one semester away from your senior year. How exciting. And I'm like, that's a prank because I'm repeating this grade. <laughs> That's so weird. That I was I was gonna 
or like I was never actually, but like they wanted to like set me back a grade and yeah. I was like, dear God, no. Yeah, no, I mean, it sucks. Like, yeah. and another part of maturing is realizing what the right thing to do is sometimes isn't what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And while no part of me wants to repeat junior year, it's a lot smarter and it's the right thing to do and it just makes more sense. Yeah. But it's like, it's I like want to go to college when all you guys go to college. Yeah. I want to have my prom when all you guys have your prom. I yeah. want to share those experiences. S- yeah, experience all the shallow, insignificant yeah. things that still... They're still, like, it's, important. Yeah. It's still okay to have that affect yeah. you. Um, I mean, obvious, or most times for me, it's the, like, little, like, should be insignificant things that, like affect me the most like freaking crossing your legs who needs to do that in life as i'm crossing my legs now. i know <laughs> um, but like it's i think that was like one of the things i missed the most yeah well i would agree the smallest things trigger the biggest reactions yeah so like hearing that on zoom like oh yeah. second semester juniors like that comment probably flew over everyone's heads but mine. hearing that yeah yeah but mine because that triggers such a big thing in my life that it's like all consuming yeah and you know i thought about that comment for days yeah I literally and i was like what well, i like i was like what when did we when did yeah. we comment on that <laughs> um that's so funny that's definitely happened to me before too for sure it's just like no one knows that's the thing no one knows so you can't expect them to just filter what they say oh sorry you can't say that yeah <laughs> like Pause. Rewind. <laughs> Rephrase that because it's going to make me cry. Yeah. Um, okay. Now that we've talked about all that, <laughs> what would you want someone to, like, take away from All Star? Um, Lily is not one to open up about these things, so if this tells you anything, it's A-okay <laughs> to open up, guys. Yeah, and it guys, doesn't make this. you, like, like it... It doesn't have to be deep, you know what I mean? No, like for sure. It like, can be funny, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... It's a big deal, but, like, it's not a big deal at all. I'm not one to associate vulnerability with weakness. However, I feel as though my actions <laughs> say that. Yeah. Um, it's just a lot. I like to deal with things by myself, and so it's hard to... Me too. ...open up and be vulnerable, for sure. But I think... It is important to realize that you're not the only one going through it. Mm-hmm. Everyone has their thing. And if you don't think that, you're just being unrealistic. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you do need to open up. I mean, like, <laughs> I need to take my own advice. But I, you have people that are there for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just hard, like... I tell people, but I, like, still am a suffer in silence kind of person. Like, I won't say something that's actually affecting me. But, I mean, like, the few times I do, like, there's someone who's going to get you. There's someone who's going to understand. Someone will always understand. And, like, that person that you can confide in is going to make the experience ten times better. And that's extremely important for sure. Just because, and I get it, I'm one to think that, oh, if you open up, you're admitting that it's affecting you yeah and you're letting it win whatever that Mm -hmm. issue may be but ultimately that's just not the case yeah and so while this is extremely out of my comfort zone (laughs) like sharing all the issues that clearly affect me but like Mm -hmm. nobody knows no one knows about i mean it does it is relieving yeah because it's like you shouldn't let them define you yeah so you shouldn't keep them from anyone 
because yeah like i feel like i mean part of like i don't know i was like a little nervous to start this <laughs> but what you hear and like what you see of me is what you get to an extent yeah. you know what i mean like i'm not for sure and like being an open book honestly if me sharing these details about my life that mm-hmm. i don't typically share helps someone else feel more comfortable to share them as well and not feel that they have to keep it inside that's extremely rewarding for me Mm -hmm. and just being comfortable completely comfortable with myself and like every aspect of myself instead of trying to hide certain things I think just has helped me become happier and more mature it's nice nice people and like people who are like sympathize with you Mm -hmm. the people that like make you want to when I first got sick I went to a physical therapy office and there was like a box on the application that was like do you want any of your pictures to like be in the article or whatever and I was like no dear lord (laughs) no and now like I'm every time you see my name it's associated with my disease so (laughs) nobody go nobody go searching nothing up Please, dear God, no. But anyways, but yes. no, it's it's important. And honestly, it's beneficial to others, but it's beneficial to yourself. And again, like I, I'm taking my advice clearly by speaking on these <laughs> topics that I haven't spoke about before. Mm-hmm. But the issue with these problems that we all face is that no one wants to admit to them. No one wants to admit that they affect us because you feel as though it makes you inferior to others. And that's just so far from the case. Like everyone has their own thing. Mm -hmm. And if we're just accepting of that, then the problems are no longer problems in a way. Mm -hmm. They still affect us, but it's not problematic and they're not viewed as taboo or stigmatized. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I wanted to come on here and talk (laughs) about it because if there's anyone that doesn't share details, (laughs) vulnerable details about their lives, I share a lot of details about my life, but not vulnerable So everybody go tell Lily all of your secrets. So please, I may not be good with advice on vulnerable topics. (laughs) Or like... Or sim- or not at sympathy. What is the word? Cons- Constellation. They're there. Like, yeah, they're there. I will listen to you. I don't know if I'll give you the best advice, but if you take anything away from this is if I can open up about these topics, so anyone can, can because trust me, if anyone is good at keeping it all in and pretending like they don't exist, it's me. Yeah. So it's good to talk to someone for sure. And on that, that note, people are gonna wrap this That's up. That's where we're closing. I think that was very exciting for me to hear. All, I mean, obviously, I've heard all of these like things in the behind closed doors, as you in said. In the but few details that I've shared, but... Yeah. I was literally talking to one of Lily's closest friends, and I was like, oh yeah, Lily's coming on. And she's like, about what? (laughs) It's like, what problems does Lily have? Oh my god. Oh, let me tell you. Lily, you you have some explaining to (laughs) Dude, I I don't even know. But now you all know. But now you all know. So this is my grand, (laughs) my grand entrance to my Goodbye, Baltimore. (laughs) Have a good one. See you never. (laughs) Bye, guys. Bye, guys.